Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. I'm Tim, and with me some of the time, but not all the time, but I love when he's here because he's my friend, he's your friend. It's Scott from the uh, from the DC Film Squadcast. How are you today? <laughs> I'm so, I'm still, I'm so used to Suicide Squadcast rolling off the tongue that I'm still, I still can't get, even though the change has like occurred a while ago now, I can't, I still can't. It's been get two years. Years, Tim. It's been I two know. years. Yeah, but how long were you the Suicide Squad? Four. Cat, you know, <laughs> right. And it's just the the alliteration was, was just. It was it perfect. It, it worked so well, and it, 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 it was it's almost easier now just to say Squadcast Media. Just name the network and just like, like Thought Bubble Audio. Like just it's like, true. Just, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, because then you just start naming all the shows, and it, it's just not it's just not worth it after a while. So Squadcast Media. Scott is here. We're here to talk about. Uh, how Scott has been? Scott, how have you been? Uh, I, I I've been I've been fine. I've been reading by the pool. Uh, oh, thus, kind nice. of the reason that we're doing this episode because I found I managed to read an almost thousand page book in less than a month. Yeah, right. Me too, man. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about Haruki Murakami's One Q Eight Four. Um. And so did I say his name right? Yeah, Haruki. Yeah, Mur- Murakami. Yeah, I, I did. It's, it rolls off the tongue, but then like I was like, wait, no, did I do that right? I did because he is a international treasure not just a national treasure but an international treasure one of japan's most esteemed writers um this was my first dive on a murakami novel a large one to say for um for first time well this was, was this this wasn't your first murakami though right no 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 i had read uh, i was introduced to him through a short story that uh lavar burton read on his podcast lavar burton reads yes that is from the collection the elephant vanishes and this then I read a couple other short story collections, uh, After Dark and Men Without Women. Mm-hmm. And then my literally wasted book club, which I've, I believe I've mentioned before on previous episodes. Yes. One month we voted and we read, which you are currently reading, uh, Hard Boiled Wonderland and The End of the World. Mm-hmm. So this, so no, a 1Q84 was not my first rodeo, but I will admit it's been on my to be read, to be read, to be read. It's summer. First time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's summer and we're teachers. Our brains yeah. don't work. <laughs> it's been on my to be read pile for a while because, to be frank, oh, the cover looks cool. <laughs> yeah. You see that on the Barnes and Noble shelf and you just go, hmm. And so I, I got the audio book like, over, actually, almost exactly a year ago. And it was one of those, it's about to expire on Audible. If I don't like it, I need to return it now. So mm-hmm. I got started. And heads up, it's amazing how quickly a thousand-page novel really, you know, goes because it it sucked me in like pretty quickly. Yep, I I agree. I'm gonna just read the back of the book um, for those of you who have not heard about One Q Eight Four. It is a love story, a mystery, a fantasy, a novel of self-discovery, a dystopia to rival George Orwell's One Q Eight Four. It's a tremendous feat of imagination for one of the most revered contemporary writers. I love that it doesn't really tell you what the book is about on the back, where you're just like, okay, it's a lot of things, but it doesn't it doesn't 
doesn't give you a good synopsis, so I'll give you I'll give you one. It is. Uh, can, can you give one? Because I know that people kept on asking me, "What's this book about?" And I'm like, I don't so, think I can answer that question. Say, yeah. <laughs> I, so it's I want to say it's a dual narrative. It's really three books in one volume, and um, so it's a, it's a I'm going to say it's a dual narrative uh, with this guy named Tango, who is a um, who is a math teacher uh, and a, an aspiring novelist, and it's also about this woman na- uh, named Aomame, uh, uh, and um, and she is a fitness health instructor and also some other things that I don't really want to spoil right now at the offset of just describing what this book is. I'll tell you when spoilers are coming. And it, it's a bit about, it is kind of, a, it is about the two of them and how they're weirdly linked in this 1Q84 world, which is a kind of an alternate reality, but also the same reality where just things are not, things are not quite as they are almost an alternate history like an alternate history kind of take on the world and that's about all I can say without really spoiling it um so I will do impressions before we dive into spoilers I like you had I had seen it in Barnes and Noble it was on like the oh, you should probably read this table one of those you know and mm-hmm. I, I've seen it for years and I was like man that's a big book I don't know if I want to do that and so finally I was like man that's a big book I want to do that and I got it and it pulls you in in like a like a matter of paragraphs it, it's pretty extraordinary how accessible his writing is and then um and then i got i got busy and i had to read other i had to read other things for work and so i ended up having to put it down and you were the one that were you started to read it and so you prompted me to pick it back up again and i I do that a lot don't i you you do that that's why i love i love you and i love having you on the show because you like make me i'm like ah man that's why book clubs are great or at least even like book club podcasts or something where you're like oh somebody else is reading this i should also do it we do it with television too that's how things become popular because like you read it and then you have a reason to now talk about it whatever else sometimes when you read or watch things in a vacuum you don't get anywhere um and so but anyway yeah uh i i really liked it 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 has a lot of narrative and genre twists it's magical realism so it's like kind of the the world is is like you would expect it to be with this one or two small difference and that's you know magical real the world functions as you normally would see it um but things are a little extraordinary. So, um, Scott, before we dive into spoilers and really just kind of dive into the novel as a whole, did you like it? Did you not like it? So on and so forth. Oh, no, I really liked it. Like I said, there's no way you could get me to burn through a, uh, I believe the physical copy is like 925 pages. There's no way you can get me to burn through 925 pages in less than a month if I don't like it. Like, like Phys- that. that's just not even conceivable to me. My physical copy is 1,157 pages. Wow. Okay. Well, so big book, just yeah. big, just big book. But I kept going, and it's also very weird. It's I think I texted you and I said Murakami is like a modern day Japanese variant of Philip K. Dick. And mm-hmm. if you've never read Philip K. Dick, bless you. Um, don't you might need some acid because he sure did. And I'm just saying, like yeah. it's you. You have to be willing to embrace the weird, and also at at one time just go with it and at the other on the other hand don't expect everything to get explained you just like just go with it and then on the other hand accept it like 
I, those are two things I feel like you just have to embrace if you're going to read Dick. And I feel like the, with all the Murakami I've read, now his short stories tend to be a little bit more realism. Mm-hmm. It's his novels that I've read so far that just go into that hawa territory. But I also, I'm okay with that. I, I dig weird. And so a book like this works for me. I don't need everything explained to me. I'm willing to just roll with the punches. And, and especially with a book of this size, be prepared. Also, be prepared to not be listening to an audiobook with any children or old people around because whoo doggy. Let's let's warn about some of the explicit material in this book. It does. Uh, so Mirakami is very interested in uh sex, and not even just like the act of sex, but like the like the thematic like thematic experience of it and like the like the um, I guess the sexuality or the sensuality of the body and what that and what that is and what it does. And and what it means for the self and the soul and like all these different and all these different things. So if you just happen to be listening to the audiobook like I am with the window down and an elderly couple rolls out next to you and they're just describing pretty intimate details of an act, yeah, yeah, maybe roll up those windows. You know, don't uh don't leave that out in the open for the public. Don't listen to it with your kids in the car. Just nope. just 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 saying. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. And what it's not violent or even inappropriate. It or even just, pornographic. It, it, it's, it's not even no, it's not. It's not pornographic. It's just it is what it is, and part of that because you know this is these are translated books, right? So he's from he's he's from Japan. Um, I think he's living in Tokyo right now, is what the what his uh, bio says. And he like it's just the way that the way that for us as Americans, like how the country views sex and media is very different than how um how Japan views you know sex and media or even legality. Um, so it's it's just a it's just a different it's just a, a different culture, and you you kind of get you know struck with that right away and that's part of the i think part of the charm of reading them is that it's just thank god it's something different you know it's not you know i'm i'm fine with the american sensibility but i love to hear what other people around the world have to say and think i would also be very curious to know like how is this perceived and or received in japan that would be that that would be a very interesting a little bit of research to understand because this book was like you said before it's kind of really three books in one volume because because it, it's it's divided into book one, book two, and book three. Book one and book two were published simultaneously on the same day in Japan back in like 2009. And then a year later, the third and final volume was released. And then when it was published in the United States in English translation, we originally got in 2011 in the single volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's the that's the copy that I have. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, I mean. Mirakami is like he's he's a he's a national treasure you know I mean um, he's a national treasure of Japan so I'm gonna assume because most of his books are very well received in the US um, and because they've been translated into over 49 languages I was reading I'm gonna imagine that he's also well received in Japan and I would think that one Q84 kind of falls into that category um, but I'm not positive off the top of my that's just my impression okay let's talk spoilers though we've talked enough uh, generalities let's let's go 
a little bit deep into spoilers, but not so much that we, you know, ruin someone's experience of the of the book. Um, we have a hard time pinning what this book is about, like when you know, because it's it, it's a it's actually a love story, but you don't really know that it's a love story until about seventy five percent of the way through the book. Maybe? I actually I was at the halfway point. I was actually okay. at about fifty percent where I had one of those Leonardo DiCaprio memes from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The yeah. <laughs> there it is. You know, I, I can't like I had that moment like twenty five percent in when I figured out what the title meant. I had it about fifty percent in because you do have a very regular alternating chapter. It's still it, it's limited third person. So mm-hmm. you're not getting a first person narration, but you do solely focus on one character for all the like all the odd number chapters and the other character for all of the even number chapters. That's and, right. Until you get to book three where you get Ishikawa. Um, where you Ishikawa get a third in, you get a third perspective yep. in there. Yep. Which was interesting. Uh, reading book three and knowing that book three was published a year from the other two, it you, you, you definitely got you could feel yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea of I'm alternating between these two narrators and any time a book does that, and this book was no exception, the question always comes, how are these two people connected? How are their stories going to uh you know converge? Uh because you start to you start to see how their worlds are connected before you understand that there's actually a connection between the characters. Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely like one of those ha moments that I had reading the book. Yeah, I always assumed that they were going to be connected. I think when I when I started to read because you don't have alternating chapters with characters and you don't have them meet at some point. I assumed that they uh I assumed that they would meet each other because like this, you know, like or that one existed in the world of 1Q84 already before the other one. And this is where, like, this is where the acceptance part comes in, where you're like, just roll with it. Just roll mm-hmm. with air chrysalises and... and Little people. Like, and... Little people and the, like, and the, and maybe the cabbie at the beginning with Ayomame, like, that's the thing that, like, maybe that's that little weird receiver he talks about is the thing that, like, causes the shift in the first place. And But none of it matters, which is what I like about it, because really apart from like changing of the worlds and all this stuff it's really a character piece yeah like and how do people respond to changes in their lives and that's that, because like that's the whole point of tengo is like i don't like change this is the thing that i do and i like doing it and blah 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 and ayomame is kind of the same way she's like this is the thing that i do i live my life and it's all about how that um maybe your your schedule or your place or the way that you think that you're comfortable is actually because you're uncomfortable with other things you know like some past trauma that has affected you and you're actually like a like a case around you that you kind of need to break out of but it's also i feel like well you, and i think you just break out of but it's also about how you can isolate yourself and cut yourself off from connections with other people especially you would almost say like your soulmate which i feel like this without saying it this this book delves into that idea like you were almost like a fairy almost like a really weird fairy tale like we we you were always meant to be together but you had to go through this journey to a realize that and b find each other like so it's that so when you said love story yeah it's this weird almost like take the tropes of like a room of a rom-com or a fairy tale but throw in some fantasy some sci-fi maybe and uh, like the quest becomes like the love story is the quest you think it's something else 
But then you realize as the story goes on that something else actually doesn't end up mattering at all to the story itself. No, that's it. But it, it, that's right. But even like you said, like take a bit of the fairy tale and like that's the little people. That's the whole thing with like, you know, the air crystals. Like it kind of almost reminded me of like Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. Or Gulliver's Travels or something, something like that. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So that's even directly like that's a that's a he he like hangs a lantern on that illusion at some point in book yeah, he two. Does, cause like there's only six of them and they're like oh you want us to be seven we can be seven yeah no problem like because that's what you that's what you expect and and um and you said the quest is the quest is so important too and i'm kind of thinking about like kind of like literary symbols that or you know tropes that we see kind of crop up a lot and what mirakami seems to be really interested in in 1q84 is the quest he's very interested in um he's very interested in communion like food you know and what food does uh for people like the way that he talks about food and what they do with food and at, at certain points he's he's extremely interested in sex as what we you know we talked about before but also like when is sex not sex and yes. like when is sex actual sex and when is like sex not like that stuff is it's it's i want to call it trippy i would never say that this this book is trippy because it's easy to follow there's nothing in here we are like wait i'm confused like why is that person doing this or why is that doing that if you're just willing to roll with the world that is and i think being in 1q84 instead of 1984 that helps that helps with the um that that helps with the um maybe less uh t- swallowable parts of the story right because like oh if there's two moons then um if there's two moons then obviously something's changed and now almost all like all like you can do anything you want at that point because all all rules are out yeah and i just recently read uh joseph campbell's the hero with a thousand faces so i am like seeing the monomyth everywhere which i think is oh, campbell's yeah. point <laughs> I mean, yes that's exactly his point yeah so you you get a lot and this is like across Mur- uh, what murakami i've read you get the descending down and the coming back so it's like you descend you down li- literally descend descends down, down right. yeah. into the world of 1q84 there's that barrier and then the whole point of the journey is that you get something you get the our what did he call it like the, the talisman or you know mm-hmm. i forgot ex- the exact word that like campbell would use but you go down to get a special thing and then your journey is to come back with it and dear god does that happen in this book and okay, it, absolutely it, so yep. it, there is that that mythic element to this book that you you just this book is a book that I don't think you fully grasp. You literally have to read all 900, 1,000 pages until you look back at it as a whole. You have to go on the journey yourself and go, oh, but you're not going to see it while you're in the middle of it. No, no, you're not. I mean, it's 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 his own Alice in Wonderland, too, right? You know, it's, yes. it's following the white rabbit down the hole, so to speak, without the white without the white rabbit. Um, But, uh, but I think there are different because that's what ayamame does but there's there's different ways to descend down the rabbit hole um you know and sometimes you don't have to you don't it can be a mental descent kind of like what tango does as opposed to a physical descent like ayamame 
way. And I think that uh, I like that he's playing these these two types off of one another. But then to just take that and then um, to take that and then kind of merge these characters together. So like you can see two various aspects of a journey. It's very it's it's very well thought out. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 not because like, the book starts and you're like, oh, is it a I guess it's like a spy mystery thriller thing like I did. And then it but then it's actually something else. It's actually a meta commentary on writing and the importance of literature. And then it's also something else completely different from that and from that and from that. And it's about battered women and like um, and cults and, and cults and respect. But you know, I'm like thinking about it like we're looking at this like, oh, there's this religion. And I'm like, yeah, OK, there's organized religion. That's cool. Which happens, you know, across the world. But obviously he's Japanese writing from a Japanese perspective in which the majority of the country does not recognize um, even if they even if they recognize themselves as um, a, a certain religion, organized religion sits in a very different category for most of the country. And so it's really like a lot of religion is like personal uh, reflection and personal spirituality. Um, and so like so little of the country is, you know, Christian or or, or some other denomination. So I was very interested to um, I was very interested to read like the insight into the insight into um, how he's viewing religion like God comes up a lot even though that God is not um, particularly uh, a Japan it's not particularly Japanese um, and so he's commenting on Western religion inside of um, Eastern tradition so I thought that was pretty cool too it, it this is a book that I honestly cannot recommend to everyone like I oh you nope, nope. this is a book that it's like I have to know you and I I'm going to go you would dig this or you would at least have the patience to ponder it as you read this is this is not a blanket everybody here, here let me give this to anybody this that's not and just on the sheer size alone I wouldn't do that right but I mean like my wife would be listening to the audiobook when I was driving the car and the and I just waited for the looks I was going to get and they came like clockwork because she doesn't dig this kind of thing and it's you have to be a special sort of person to be ready uh i think just to read murakami you know in general based on what i've read yep yeah even just reading um you know hard-boiled wonderland and the end of the world i just i'm like yep this is not for everybody it's definitely for me but it's not for everybody i think magical realism in of itself is not for everybody it's a very postmodern. it's very 21st century late 20th early 21st century to um that's kind of he kind of you don't want to say he created it but he's he's in a bit like he's one of the the founders of this new wave of literature and um you know and so he's it's just not for it's just not everybody's it's not everybody's cup of tea cup of coffee piece of croissant whatever you want to however you want to slice of cheesecake slice of cheesecake it's it, um it's certainly not it's certainly not there um it's not it's digestible but only if you're interested in being strange but i love that 1q84 isn't for everybody but the book air chrysalis inside of 1q84 even though it's this also this fairy tale magical real like all this thing that's for everybody national bestseller you know so um what a weird like it's like because they're in the alternate world or the world that is 1q84 at least then at least like that's kind of like a shift in 
of itself like a place where everybody reads this type of story and everybody loves it. And I just like it's cool. It's cool. It's just cool. It's a cool book. Like, it is a cool book. Of... And like I said, for me in less in, in really in three weeks to plow through a thousand page novel, I think that that ha- I, I keep on bringing that up, but I feel like that that goes back to the idea that I can read a hundred twenty page book that bores the absolute crap out of me, but then I can read a thousand page book that I couldn't put down. Like I I was drawn to it on a daily basis. It's like I needed to read at least two or three chapters. Like I would never read less than two chapters. I would at least make sure I read both perspectives before I moved on. Yep, yep. Um, no, I'm total. I'm totally with you. I like I've I've read some stinkers of like I've read four stanza poems that I have like struggled had not wanted to get through like faster than I would read or listen to one Q84. It just breezes by, and I don't think all of it is like I don't say I don't want to say that it's perfect. Like I think that you can feel the difference in time by the time you get to book three and you yes. get three alternating perspectives instead of two and it doesn't really jive with me it's like he got stuck like oh, through a limit as many as many people can do you get stuck when you're doing limited um limited third person and so you're like shoot i need something else to explain the rest of the story so he includes this other character and it was just kind of it was hard to it was harder to get through those because you're just not in by the by you know page 800 you're just not as invested in this new third character than you are in the other two that you've been with this whole time and it was it was was very exposition heavy in the third book that Mm -hmm. i i was like why does this even like i didn't need to know this much about these characters it's like i I was ready for the story to just keep on rolling along and i would also if i if i can talk a little bit about the audiobook which you know it's it's a different discussion but i i was not into the narrator for amamame oh you weren't i liked her i wasn't into the narrator for ishikawa but i liked tango's narrator oh tango yeah ishikawa i didn't have a problem with but i don't i think it was her delivery and i wasn't sure if her delivery was trying to reflect amomame's character and if it it was yes yeah and i'm i'm afraid that's one of those cases where it's like do that for her speaking but not for the narration because it it made the listen a dry listen like i would rather read her chapters and then listen to the other people yes okay i can i definitely i definitely understand where you're where you are coming from um it's just it's uh i don't know i mean maybe it was a choice maybe it wasn't but um but there is a maybe a flatness to her narration but that's because a part of the cold attachment of ayamame herself exactly so that it worked for me i listen at a faster speed like so like depending on the narrate like i'm a one point on audible i'm like a 1.4 to 1.7 listener depending on the narration and so sometimes you i like lose that flatness if a if a narrator is doing that then the speed actually kind of takes part of that equation away from them um so i didn't really feel that the same way even though i I know what you're talking about even with the the faster listening rate and i didn't listen to it just because i was ready to move on to something else because when you're reading like five books at one time like i do it's like okay you know moving on but i would also recommend that the audiobook has a a 30 minute interview with the translators because another thing that happened because of the gap of time is that the first two books were translated by one guy and the third book was translated by another guy Mm -hmm. yep and again i can feel the difference in the translation i can even feel the difference in the translation and i was much more attached to books one and two than i was to book three absolutely falls apart it's just that i'm not as engaged with murakami's writing or his translation i guess um by the time that you get to by the time you get to book three it's just it's just not kind of missing some of the um magic 
losing some of the noir charm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> this is why we're friends, Tim. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Among many other reasons, I, I think so. Um, but Scott, thank you for coming on for 1Q84. Um, you are welcome back at any time, as you know. Uh, where can the people find you? Well, you can find my podcast, the DC Film Squadcast, wherever podcasts can be found. We're also on Vero, Facebook, YouTube, and you can find the entire network of shows at squadcastmedia.com. A uh, well-practiced answer. I love it. Um, so, Scott, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, and so until next time, have a good read. You have been listening to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find Read Up on Twitter at Read Up Podcast and the host at TimothyPG13. Rate and review Read Up on iTunes and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio to support all of your favorite Thought Bubble Audio podcasts. You can find all of the Thought Bubble Audio programs at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Until next time, have a good read. Mm-hmm.